Hello there. General Kenobi! You are listening to Mando Talk, your home for the Mandalorian chapter breakdown, speculation, and all kinds of Star Wars fun. Welcome back, all of you Ugnots and Jawas, to another episode of Mando Talk. I'm your host, Caleb Keller, and we have a ton of stuff to get to tonight. Uh, But first and foremost, this is Mando Talk, so we're obviously going to focus on the latest episode of The Mandalorian titled The Believer. And joined alongside me to do that, I got Brandon Anderson sitting directly across from me. Changed up the seating a little bit. I got a new view this week. I'm not having to look at Nolan as much. It's a worse, <laughs> it's a worse view, I bet. But <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, and then we also have Jacob Keller back with us. Yes, sir. I'm right here. Nolan can't <laughs> be here tonight, but that's okay. We still got um, us three to be able to sit down and have a ton of fun with all these different things. So, first thing, like I said, we're going to talk about the Mandalorian. Okay, huge. Well. I mean, what do y'all think? Do y'all think it was a huge chapter, or was it kind of just like in the middle? I mean, how do y'all feel just overall? I know I'm sure some fans out there are throwing the filler word around some somewhere, someplace. It uh, was a good episode. Yeah. Um, good action. You know, it brings a it brings the plot one step closer to mm-hmm. confronting Moff Gideon. Right. the The grand finale. That's yep. what it's definitely setting up for. Yeah. Ba. What were your initial takeaways? I was going to say, we say it every week, but spoiler episode. <laughs> yeah, spoiler heavy. At spoiler the top. heavy. But yeah. Uh, yeah, to echo Jacob, it's sort of a bridge, and knowing that where we're going, I right. think, makes this episode a little bit better. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I was a little concerned going into the week, only because up at the top, we knew that we were going to get Mayfeld. Uh, my concern was we were going to be focused on just getting him out of prison. I thought for some reason it was going to take longer than it did, but I was really glad that that wasn't the case personally. And whenever we dive into this episode a little bit more, uh, I think you'll see that I, and I think I can speak for all of us here, I think we've come to uh, appreciate the character of Mayfeld a little bit more after this week's episode. Yeah. Uh, so I thought it was a pretty solid episode. Not Obviously not one of my favorites uh, of this season, but a great, solid, like you said, B.A., I love that analogy there, a bridge episode getting us ready for the big finale. So yes, we're going to talk about that first, uh, but... To keep you around all the way through this, Disney Investors Day was a huge night for film fans in general. Uh, They dropped news about what Disney plans in the future as far as just all of their properties, uh, like ESPN, Hulu, everything, uh, FX, all the things they own, which is almost basically everything, Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) except Warner Brothers, Um, but included in that. They talked about the future of Star Wars, and Kathleen Kennedy's presentation knocked it out of the park, and we're going to talk about all those new things uh, that Star Wars, that Lucasfilm is saying that they're going to deliver to us as Star Wars fans. We will do that at the back half, the very end of this episode. Who knows? We might talk about that a lot when we get there. Uh, Probably but will. <laughs> again, we are going to focus in on the Mandalorian review first. So if you're here to hear us talk about the Mandalorian, you're getting it right here off the bat. So stick with us. Uh, and then if you want to continue to have some more Star Wars fun with us, stay with us throughout the entire thing. I think it's going to be a fun night. Uh, yes, okay, sir. so let's do it. Chapter 15, The Believer. Written, and this was actually interesting to me. First, I believe, first chapter that was not written by John Favreau. Uh, this one was written, and again, I always mess his last name up. He did he did a uh, two episodes last season. Rick Famuwaya, 
I think that's how you say it. And again, I, I'm not great with pronunciation. Yeah, Jacob, you're the you're the better one. Go ahead and take a look at his last name there. Famuia. Famuia. <laughs> you both said it different, but <laughs> well, first of all, last week I opened the show by saying memorabilia incorrect. So like, I'm not the guy as far as <laughs> right. pronunciation goes. So roll with Jacob's pronunciation, but I'll probably I'm. You know what, Mr. Rick. You did a great job, yep. Mr. Rick. You did, did a great job with writing this episode <laughs> and directing it. And again, I thought it was really interesting that Favreau didn't write it. Uh, first one, and I believe Mr. Rick written, wrote and directed both. He did both of them whenever he directed one of both of the chapters that he did in the previous season. Again, I don't know that 100%, 100% but I feel like that's the case. Do we know if it was the prisoner episode? Dude, it was, it was the prisoner yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's getting, mm-hmm. and I think that makes the most sense. He mm-hmm. That's probably hit the c- character that he fooled around with the most of all of the people that are a part of developing the show. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really fitting that he's the one that continued this Mayfeld character, and we yeah. eventually see even more character growth with this guy. I was about to say, if, if that is true that he did do that one, that's cool that we get to see the, the arc that he had I, envisioned. I want to say... I, I, I want to say 99.999% positive it really was him, only because I remember from the Disney gallery they released last year talking about how he handled the robot scenes with the fighting and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I do, I want to say with almost 100% confidence that he is the same guy. So great connection there. I'm glad that we pointed that out because I I wasn't even thinking about that. And we get to see those one of those robots again. Yeah, and we go so, and we get the, to see that right at the top. Right. So let's talk about that opener. Uh Cara Dune arrives immediately and again, I was concerned that this wasn't going to happen, but it happens immediately. Right. Cara Dune arrives at the New Republic Carthon Chopfields to pick up the ex-Imperial sharp shooter Mayfeld. Yeah. What was his first name? BA Miggs, Miggs, Miggs Mayfeld. Uh inmate 34667 is what that trooper or that droid uh, kept calling him. Inmate three four six really, six seven. Really interesting opener. It was cool just to see kind of how the New Republic handles their prisoners, their yeah. inmates. Uh, looks like they're dealing with Tie Fighters. What do y'all think they're doing? Yeah, with that? you saw a lot of Imperial um, remains. Rubble. Yeah, yeah. In that, in the vast pile of trash right. there, you saw Tie Fighters. I think that I saw um, Walkers in there. Yeah. Well, it um, even seems like, again, maybe those cranes that they're using are yeah. used out of Walker Lakes. They look like, um, what are they called, AT-ATs? Yeah, or, AT-ATs, whatever yeah. you want to call them. They looked kind of like that, just yeah. repurposed. They looked very similar. Uh-huh. What do y'all think that they were, that the New Republic wants with that? Are they I think just, it's just a salvage yard. They're just seeing yeah. okay. what they can recycle. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That makes the most sense. And I think it's funny that they sent uh, Mayfeld there considering he's ex-imperial right to work on breaking down imperial yeah weaponry that's interesting yeah you would think that's probably going to be like hurt his pride a little bit yeah but again toward the end of the episode we see that he's probably maybe enjoying it a little but probably (laughs) struggling with it mentally because we see later that he's got some dark kind of thing still in his head from the things that he's had to do in the past Mm -hmm. uh but continuing with this opener I think probably one of the biggest things that I took away from this episode was when we get the reveal of Din and Boba and Finnick all being there together to pick uh, Mayfeld up. Boba's got that new armor look. Um, yeah. 
same Fresh armor, coat of paint. <laughs> same armor as last week. The FET armor still going on, but he's got that matte finish that looks pretty slick. Yeah. It's pretty cool seeing the the difference, the contrast between, between the two. Chrome shiny yeah. and Den is like, yeah. I'm popping out. Like, check me <laughs> out. And then you got Boba going with the matte finish, kind of like you know college football. I always think of like there's always like half of the half of college football is all about shiny helmets. Mm-hmm. Half of college football is about the matte look. I don't know. It just made me think of that. I don't, I don't know. Just trying to incorporate sports into this. Uh, but, yeah, I thought that was super cool uh, seeing Boba's new look, and I enjoyed it personally. Uh, it did take me back at first because, you know, Boba's armor has always been a little worn. Mm-hmm. It's always been affected a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's never been perfect, but it, it's a, almost not quite. He's still got some, like, edging that doesn't look perfect. Yeah. But – Pretty perfect rendition there of like what you think Boba's armor would look like as soon as he painted it for the very first time. Mm-hmm. I wonder why he decided to do that. Just because he went, you know, hey, maybe I'm a he's new man. Stoked I'm that a, he got his armor back. Maybe and he he's wants a, to treat it right. Yeah, maybe he's <laughs> a new man too, and he wants to represent that with his armor. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But uh, yeah, so they get on to the slave one, and really cool. We get to see the inside <laughs> of the slave one with yeah. like the rotation and everything going on. That's the first time that we've really gotten a look inside. That was really cool. Really enjoyed that. It's and the, it's the first time they wrote how that actually happens. Yeah. <laughs> every time you see it turn, you're like, and we get to see Boba in the driver's seat. Right. When he's when he's parked on the ground, he's literally laying back like he's in yeah, a space yeah, yeah. shuttle, and it's then like he a, comes up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. You feel comfortable when you're a recliner, when you're upside down, but then you like realize that you're not comfortable, like in one of those situations. <laughs> Jacob's over here working out like the I'm, physics yeah, I'm of all those things. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really cool to see the inside of Slave One. We have seen the cockpit before mm-hmm. from Attack of the Clones, episode two, which we'll reference that later as well in the episode. Um, but we haven't really seen like where everyone else sits or where the cargo or anything else goes. Yeah. So super cool there. But in the discussion that they're having uh, down inside the ship, they figure out where they're going and they're going to head to Morak, which is a secret Imperial mining hub for Rhydonium. Now, let me scroll down into my notes here. They have to go there because it's the nearest place where there's an Imperial terminal. Right. And Rhydonium, so something that you may not know for those of you that aren't too heavy or sweaty into this thing. Uh, Including me, because yeah, I that, don't know what you're about to say. <laughs> uh, Rhydonium was used by Sabine and Hera in Star Wars Rebels, the second animated show uh, from Star Wars, to kill Fernox. Now, this Rhydonium episode was also the base of the Old, the old Republic in Clone Wars in Season 7. So... Check that out if you haven't. There's a connection there with mm-hmm. Rhydonium. Uh, it was in, we see Rhydonium used to kill creatures and rebels at a base that we see in Clone Wars. So there's connections there. Uh, so I thought that was really cool that we get that mention. Uh, and yeah, so they're heading to Morak, and we go straight there, and super cool moment again where they're all gathered together figuring out the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were talking about who who needs to go. Because they got face scanners basically everywhere. It's kind of how I took it. No, I mean, uh, Mayfield talked about, like, they had sensors in the building that would be able to pick up your genetics, right? Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't catch that. They say genetics? It may have. I thought it was just, like, the the terminal. Your biometric code or something. Okay, that's interesting. (laughs) I'll have to go back and and rewatch to hear that. Uh, But the really funny thing that I... 
that I really enjoyed from this was when Boba Fett says, let's just say they might recognize my face. Total connection to the fact that he his he's got the clone face. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was super cool. That made me <laughs> chuckle. Yeah. Um, Fennec said that she couldn't go in because she, right, so they said that the ISB yeah, controlled yeah. security at this right, the, so facility. ISB stands for Imperial Security Bureau. That's yeah. something else that you might have missed, which they're just a law enforcement and intelligent agency for the Galactic Empire. Yeah. So. All right. So a little uh, fact I got for you. Okay. Uh, remember the um, Star Destroyer captain under Anakin? Yes. You know who I'm talking yes. about? Yes. He later became the uh, chief, the head of the ISB. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. No, I didn't even think about mm-hmm. that. Okay, that's another good, interesting point. Another good, interesting point. Yeah. Now, there's another cool moment that I thought inside this conversation, too, and we went back to see it real quickly before we came in here to start recording. I'm pretty sure Boba Fett has his E-11 rifle yeah. back. And again, somehow it's all shiny and brand new looking, but I'm pretty confident he's got that rifle if you play battlefront it's the same rifle that he carries mm-hmm. so check that out if you uh if you kind of want to see why i love the e11 so much yeah love that rifle but anyway they finally decide who needs to go and of course and this is a positive uh for me din is the one that ends up going with mayfeld and i talked to you guys before we came back here i think that's really crucial that yes we got a boba fett back and yeah that's great and huge but this still remains Din Djarin's show mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. story, and I'm I'm really glad they stuck to that. Although Boba does play an important role in this mission, he isn't. I mean, he's maybe on the screen for what four, five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm really glad that they stick with that. They're giving us enough Boba to make me happy, uh, but I don't need oversaturation. Right. If you know what I'm saying. Detouring just a little bit. Uh, this might have been the first episode we didn't see Grogu besides like the. F- Dude, yes. So do you think? Yeah. Do you think that's a good that, point? I was actually going to talk about that later, but let's go ahead and do that. Well, it's just I feel like it's pertinent to this. Do you feel right. like that detracts from the story, or is it is it gonna? Do you think people who aren't as big Star Wars fans as most, do you think they're gonna be turned off with the fact that? The child or Grogu isn't. Yeah, it's interesting because this is, in fact, the only chapter that we don't see any Grogu or the child. We've always at least seen him for a second with chapter one uh, because he gets discovered. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this is the first one that we never see him. And that was something that I kind of thought of. Like, for us, we got enough material. We're happy with the chapter. But I wonder those that are like getting into the Mandalorian because Baby Yoda blew up and the child and all those kind of different things blew up as in he's like everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, would they be disappointed that we don't get any Grogu shots? I hope it would just be like they're wondering where he is. Yeah, and I, I think and that was on looking purpose. Looking forward to the next episode. I think it was on that. purpose too that they didn't show him whatsoever. Like the yeah. anticipation for those that are all about the Mandalorian because of Baby Yoda are just on the edge of their seat right now because yeah. they didn't get any of that. I'm sure we'll get Baby Yoda, Grogu, next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think, I actually kind of like their decision not to show him mm-hmm. because like we were just kind of talking about, it it gets you on the edge of your seat. Like those people yeah. that show up for the show because of him, they're anxious right now and they'll be tuning in next week. But I'm really glad that you pointed that out because that is something that I think is really important. Uh, so... 
I want to point out real quick that sure. right from this huddle huddle scene where they're figuring out what they're going to do, you can see hints where Din Djarin is making decisions that could um, put his... Um, his viewpoints, his way on the line, yeah, in order to save uh, Grogu, right? And so, and I think that's very important to see because right. I talked last week about how you know I felt like we needed to see more emotion from him, like more feeling the loss mm. of you know Grogu being taken by right. I agree with Moff that Gideon, hundred percent. And I think that seeing him being able to put on the line his uh, the way he does things. Yeah. Every, everything that he's yeah. known. Yeah. Put that on the line in order to save Grogu. That's really good to see. No, I agree. And it, it seems like he's willing to literally do everything he can yeah. to figure that out and to find his his kid, essentially. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that really kind of teases something that's going to come, he has to change out of his uh, Mandalorian Beskar yeah. armor. Because that would give him away. <laughs> 100% it would give him away. And he's wearing this new, and it reminded me of Han's uh, armor that he wears as a mud trooper in Solo, but the helmets were yeah. completely different. So this is, looks like a completely new trooper. I think, sure there will be seen, toys. I think we've seen those helmets somewhere else. Really? Okay, so you remember the tanks in... Rogue One. Rogue One. Dude, yes, yeah. but they're white, right? Yeah. Sorry. They're yeah. white. They're white. Okay. Was the yellow troopers on their escape at the end of this episode, were they new troopers? Those are shore troopers yeah. from Rogue One as well. Okay. Like the tannish, mm-hmm. khaki colored. Yeah. Yeah, those are shore troopers from Rogue One. I loved that. Gotcha. I, lo- I love those troopers. Mm-hmm. I want more of them. Uh, but yes, Din changes out of his uh, armor. Gives into, it to he, Kara. he changes out of Beskar into plastic. Into basically plastic, <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. And yeah. we'll get to it here later, but let's go ahead and talk about because it it's on my mind. I think it was really important that they did that, though, because later in the episode when he's fighting those pirates, like he still visually shows that he can fight without that armor. Like That yeah. armor does not define him. He can still kick butt with plastic. It was- but... Uh, when the first two or three people hit him and he tries to block it with his arms, you can Bingo. tell that he's used to being able to block it okay. and it not affect Man, him because a, he's wearing Beskar. That's a detail I and didn't pick up on either. Breaks. The stuff right, breaks when right. they hit him there. Yeah, so and he's he, not used to that. Maybe he is getting too reliant on the Beskar. But, you know, like you said, he he takes that, he takes those hits, but he and keeps learns. fighting and yeah. he learns, yeah. you know, not to rely on this armor right. that he's got on. Yeah, I really like that. I'm glad y'all pointed that out, too. Uh, so let's continue with the plot, though. Um, Mayfeld and Din successfully get in the tank, the transport, whatever you want to call it. They're carrying this Rhydonium, trying to get it to the mining facility. And Mayfeld and Din are kind of having this conversation about, like, well, Mayfeld, first of all, is continuing to tease this idea yeah. of, Din, you need to take that helmet off. Like, bro, it's so much more comfortable. You can see much better. Like, just give it a rest, bro. Yeah. Uh, but it was really interesting to me when he made the comment about how Alderaan is gone, and so is Mandalore. Did Mayfeld just, like, try to confirm that Mandalore is no longer there? Or is it possible that maybe basic civilians throughout the galaxy have been 
fed and lied to that Mandalore is irrelevant at this point. Kind of is kind of what I'm getting at. Well, we know that Bo-Katan uh, obviously says that there's something to go back to. Correct. Like she's still trying to get there. Yeah. So that that's interesting to me though that Mayfeld says Mandalore is no longer there. That it's yeah. destroyed basically. If he's putting it in the same sentence as Alderaan. Yeah. I think he could just be like saying that it's uninhabitable. Where Alderaan, like it's irrelevant at this right, point. Right, where Alderaan's destroyed, all yeah. the people of Mandalore have scattered, so it's un, like there's okay. no one there, so it might as well have been gone. Okay, I like that. I like that take. That's how I took it when he yeah. was saying No, that. I just wanted to make sure that we put, and I kind of felt the same way, but I just wanted to make sure that we put it on air just to kind of maybe confuse maybe some of you out there that were thinking that Mandalore was destroyed. Uh, but we do think back to Bo-Katan's episode. She does talk about how she's still trying to get back there. Mm-hmm. I still feel like we're going to see Mandalore at some point in this show. I hope so. I think that's maybe toward the end of the running of the sh- of the series. Yeah. But we'll see. I just wanted to real quickly throw that out there. Um, but I think with the bigger thing that uh Mayfeld was trying to get at with that conversation was he was like saying things that um he was saying like empire or republic, it doesn't matter. It's all about ruler and the ruled, right? Yeah. Um, and he said something that he says later on in the show, uh, whatever, whatever you do to sleep at night, something like that. He was saying that, you know, like it really doesn't matter who's in charge because it's always going to be those who are in charge and those who aren't. Right. So you got to do what you got to do in order to survive basically. And you got to do whatever it takes to be able to lay your head down at night. Right. I think he was maybe trying to justify his past to Mando at that moment. Mm-hmm. But well, then later on we see he repeats that line. Mm-hmm. And, um, in a different light. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mayfeld, again, I think he shines. He takes the cake in this episode to me. Yeah. Although, Din, incredible action and incredible stuff. Mayfeld was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we if we keep going with the plot though, then at at this point the pirates do show up, and we do get the scene where Din is fighting in that stormtrooper, or just trooper armor, uh, and he's learning through that process. But again, he still kicks butt, not wearing that best car. But real quickly to me, and when they get and they finally succeed in the mission. I don't know if it's me just reading too much into it, but we also earlier, whenever they drive by, like, the locals, like, Din looks at the kid, and he just, like, I don't know. I can see him, like, just focusing in on him, and I feel like I can see, like, the struggle that Din is going through when he's seeing the locals hate the fact that they're there. He's also seeing, or he's hating, I think he's possibly even hating the fact that he's having to kill all those pirates, because usually he's the one that's helping the pirates, get rid of the Imperials. Yeah. So I feel like throughout that entire sequence, he was really, and again, it goes back to your comment earlier. He is literally doing everything that he possibly can and going completely against everything that we know about him to get to Grogu. Yeah. And I I really enjoyed that. I mean, it it sucked watching all those people that don't want the Empire there and also watching the pirates that don't want the Empire there. It sucked seeing them like all get basically destroyed. Uh, But it was great for the character at least. To see that, again, like you said earlier, he's doing everything to get to Grogu. Now, 
any comments y'all have as far as the pirate scene with the fighting or anything else that we haven't really mentioned? Because I know we kind of talked about it like a few minutes ago as well. But anything that y'all want to throw out there before we keep moving? Just makes me wonder why they try to blow, why they're trying to blow the Rhydonium shipments up. Well, I, I think they're just again trying to just possibly get rid of the Empire. They just don't that. want them there. And you hear okay. it, you hear it briefly at the end. You have to remind me of the guy's name, the Moth. Gideon. No, the <laughs> one that oh oh May oh Fulton. Um, Alan Hess. Because he he congratulates them on getting it there, and he said that you know with this shipment we're going to be able to do much more than we have before. Right. So maybe in the pirates' minds that they have to stop it before it gets there. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, okay. So I, good analysis there. Um, the next thing that I want to talk about, though, <laughs> I don't know why, but I find this hilarious. Like when they get back and they put it in park and all these Imperial troopers are just like celebrating like they just won the Super Bowl. It's really funny to me, like seeing them go crazy about stuff like that. When with Star Wars, we always see our characters pull off stunts like that, like all the time. But the Empire, like we never see them pull off anything cool like that. Yeah. And it was really funny. Like I think there at the end when they're walking away, you can hear like one of the troopers, and he's like, "Wow, I can't believe they pulled that off." <laughs> I don't know. I just find that really funny. Yeah. It's just weird going through that lens of seeing the Empire succeed. And again, it's weird rooting for Tie Fighters. To show up yeah. and just go ham. <laughs> that was weird too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But really interesting seeing it through that lens. So this is where this episode really oh, hits. It was also weird to see uh stormtroopers and whatnot without their helmets on and yeah. you know Fair point. They're like normal people yep. and they're celebrating whenever they have a win. Right. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, I really enjoyed that whole sequence. Really great action. Now, they get to the terminal, or they're they're walking to the terminal. Well, I have one more question. Okay, go How for How many it. different kinds of troopers did we see in this we facility? We had our basic storm. Yeah. Uh, the shore Sand, troopers. Sh- you're right, shore troopers. The tank troopers, or whatever they're called, that they were dressed as. That they were yeah. dressed as, so there's three. Uh, there was also, like, those cannon troopers, they're usually the ones yeah, that... with the black and the weird... Helmet. Right, the ones that press the buttons on uh-huh. the Death Star. Uh-huh. I didn't see any Death Troopers. You didn't? Mm-mm. Okay, okay. I, off the top of my head, those are the only four that I saw. Okay. I'm sure there might have been some sharpshooters in there somewhere. And then Scout the, Troopers. And then the officers. Yeah, and the officers. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of different ones there. I hope that they're pulling in, like, those 501st members to be those actors again, like they did in Season 1. That'd be really cool. The clan of people that dress up and go to uh, conventions. Oh, yeah. I hope that they're huh. doing that. And I have a feeling they probably are. Yeah. But anyway, this is where the action goes down. They get to the terminal inside like the officer break room, basically, is what it reminded me of. Mayfeld sees this guy that he used to work under, this Imperial officer, uh, Valen Hess. So he's like, nope, I'm not doing it. This is too risky. He might recognize me. We might be in trouble. So, Din takes the job, which leads to him first attempting to get into the terminal while leaving his helmet on, which it wasn't going to allow him to do that, but he eventually takes it off. So, let's talk about that. And this was in a way extended amount of time compared to season one, whenever his helmet, his face, or his face is revealed. Mm -hmm. How'd y'all think about Pedro Pascal's performance as far as physically face 
being Din Djarin. And BA, actually, I want to go to you because you made a really good analysis yeah. and you pointed out something that I, I want you to kind of talk about so we can share it. I think we all kind of pointed it out, but I when mean, he <laughs> when he removes his helmet, he seems very awkward, which is what someone right. would be like yeah, yeah, yeah. having never no, revealed I agree their with face. That. Yeah. Uh, but if you notice, it's slight to it. When he's looking at people, he doesn't really like dart his eyes and use his peripheral. He's more of like a turn, like someone who's yeah. worn a helmet their yeah. entire life. No, and that's something so, that I didn't pick up on. So props to whoever wrote that in or if that was Pedro just being in character constantly, yeah. which it seems like it was. Yeah, and Pedro knocked it out the park. Like you can see on his face hmm. the awkwardness that yeah. he feels as he is without a helmet on. Um, and... It was really funny. He ends up playing like this deaf basic. He's he's acting deaf <laughs> when Mayfield yeah. comes in and saves the day. Uh, and he's his name apparently is Brown Eyes. Now, Valen Hess asked a question, where are you from, Brown Eyes? I thought we were going to get like a legitimate answer there for a second. I think he was about to say it. And then Mayfield cuts him off. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then they have a conversation about the past. They have a conversation about Mayfield's past past and that is the fact that he was a part of operation cinder now operation cinder uh and again this is in battlefront 2 so a couple of battlefront things here in this episode battlefront 2 story mode you learn what operation cinder is operation cinder is palpatine's contingency plan if he was to suddenly die so basically it's wipe out the rest of the rebellion if we can but in the process wipe ourselves out too if i'm not around empire's not around basically it's kind of how i took it hmm. um and basically after that once that happens all the remnants we're going to go to the unknown regions we're going to rebuild and then we'll come back out and do things right basically it's kind of how i yeah. took operation cinder so i think it's possible that we continue to get callbacks to operation cinder and maybe somehow that connects to those clone things going on mm -hmm. uh in chapter 12 i believe the siege yeah it's called the siege i don't remember what chapter number <laughs> it is um but maybe somehow that connects and again i love the just the mention of operation cinder i thought that was super cool but it does make mayfeld really internally struggle yeah uh and he just kind of reacts to that i think um hmm it's funny because he seemed like all about, you know, like going along with the way things were going. Yeah. Until he started confronting uh, what this officer was really talking about, mm -hmm. talking about doing and bringing up this past. Um, seems like he has some PTSD uh, yes. based off of, you know, what he's done or what he's seen, where he's been. Right, and I'm sure he struggles with that, too, when he's in prison and having to look at TIE fighters all the time. Yeah, yeah. So. And then um, hearing, well, first, you know, you hear Mayfell talk about, was it really any good? Mm -hmm. Was it really any good for all those men who died? Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, the officer's going to say, you know, it was good. Because they died it, in honor, basically. Yeah, because they died for the Empire. But, you know, he's still like... Really, <laughs> right. So we see how uh, how that escalates. Yeah. So he pulls out that r pistol, shoots him down right then and there. Yeah. Uh, a really cool moment. How Mayfeld is quick to just say, "Look, dude, I, Din, I know you did what you had to do. I never saw your face. 
Like, we don't ever have to talk about this. Yeah. I really love that moment. That kind of, like, put Mayfeld over the edge for me as far as, like, yeah, I really like this guy now. Because I'll be honest, I didn't really like Mayfeld all that much from season one. Yeah. I didn't want to see him again. And I think I talked about it on the air last week. I didn't really care that we are doing a Mayfeld mission, but I really enjoyed the character yeah. this week. It ended up, you know, he ended up, like you said, some character growth. Um, and, man, I think the breaking, por- for, breaking point for him was when um, he realized that they just did something that would allow the remnant of the Empire to cause even more destruction mm-hmm. than what he helped to do in Operation Cinder. Absolutely. So he's got some guilt over what he did. And now that he realizes he's done something that could help them do more, do worse, mm-hmm. he's like, I, I'm not, I'm checking out on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when the officer said something like, yeah, like, um, you said something about how, uh, the final stage of the of the contingency plan were to go to the outer regions, unknown, unknown regions, regions yeah. and then come back once once they've rebuilt. Right. He's talking something about how their goal now is to reorganize and create havoc, but make it look like, but make it so that the people want them back. Yeah. Want the empire back. He says that people don't want freedom, they want order. Mm-hmm. I think that's really that really gives away what stages of the plan are in effect right now. Yeah. I think they are getting in the reassembling mm-hmm. part of the plan. Mm-hmm. You know, Operation Cinder's been done. The f- chaos has been uh, achieved. Achieved. <laughs> uh destruction has been done. Yeah. Um, now it seems like, based off of what this officer says, that the remnants of the Empire are, are indeed reorganizing, yep. and they're going to start creating chaos again so that they can come back as the new order. Yep. The first order. The first order, right. Yeah. And again, I, I hope we get more connections, and I know we... We've always talked about how we don't want them to connect directly to the sequels, but yeah. I do think little hints and tips like that yeah, well, are pretty cool. I've always wanted some connection to how the First Order came back, you right. know, how the Empire came back, and, and why they're rebranded. called the First Order now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And they do, I do think they keep using that word order a lot yeah. to tease at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Let's continue with the plot of the story. Uh, that leads to Mayfeld and Din escaping. Uh, but while they're escaping, props to Finnick and Kara shooting all the troopers down. I thought those two working together was phenomenal. I kind of hope to see some more of that, and maybe we will. Um, and Slave One picks them up. Mayfeld destroys the mining hub by blowing up all the Rhydonium. Yeah. He made his final choice. <laughs> and then here's my favorite moment. When Boba uses the seismic charge that's from Attack of the Clones. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the the show goes completely silent, but then you hear the loud, <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. I, I love seeing the seismic charge back. Uh, I know Attack of the Clones is probably an honestly my least favorite Skywalker saga movie, but the seismic charge 
is great. Yeah. I'm glad they brought that it back. It made me smile to see that yeah. again. It gave me chills. <laughs> really? It gave me chills <laughs> mm-hmm. hearing that sound again. Uh, so they complete their mission. Kara and Din agree to let Mayfeld free. And really it was Kara that would probably struggle with this because she was, or she is Republic, former rebel. Uh yeah. But she saw But she how, decides to let him go because yeah. he commits to it. Like, he, he's struggling with the Empire. He doesn't like the Empire either. So she, or he, gains her respect. Mm-hmm. And it, it's cool to see that. And again, character growth all around, mm-hmm. really. Just all around the entire, like, group. Yeah. Um, and that leads to the end of the show. But at the very end, Din sends a warning to Moff Gideon. Exact same lines from season one that Moff Gideon says at the or in downtown Navarro mm-hmm. during that shootout. How you have something that I want. You have something I want. Right, and then I don't think delivers it sounding quite that no. nerdy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but cool moment for me personally. I'm a man of strategy, I guess. And I'm just thinking in the back of my head, like, why would you do that? Because now I feel like they can probably figure out where you're at. But I think, B.A., you said this after we watched it. He doesn't care, I don't think. I don't think he cares. He's got the upper hand now. He's just, like, ready to get into it. Like, you got my kid, and I'm fixing to do whatever I can again to get him back. And that's where we're left off with Mm -hmm. this week uh, for The Mandalorian. That is Chapter 15 titled The Believer. Who is The Believer? I think it's now Mayfeld. I think okay. Mayfeld's The Believer. I think he's a believer in... I think he's a believer about caring about the state of the galaxy now. He's so a believer in like rebellion now. He's a Yeah, he's a believer in getting rid of the Empire remnants and preventing the New Order, which we know will eventually become the First Order, mm-hmm. from rising. That's my take. Right y- on. Y'all agree? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was gonna Good. say to wrap up this episode too. We see a lot of character growth. Do you think this is the most character growth we've seen in an episode? Ooh. Out of the fifteen we've seen so far. Hmm. I know there's a lot of like deep psychological growth because you all of Mayfeld's dialogue there for a little bit yeah. could be, you know, Ooh. about the core oh, of yeah. Star Wars and that like because that jump from the original. The original trilogy to the sequels, mm-hmm. it's always like it's. It was always for me. It was like, well, they destroyed him in episode six, but they're right back again. And I think he does a little bit of sort of trying to put a band aid on that and saying like, you know, even if the empire was off of this planet we're on now, another pirate group would rise up and put him under control again. Yeah, he also said that the new republic could come in, and the people who mm-hmm. live on the natives to that planet would hate them too. They just want to be left alone and live their own lives. Do we get any of that in the prequels of people like hating the Jedi for being like Judge Jude? Uh, well, we definitely get it in Clone Wars, yeah. the, the series. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm yeah. not sure we really get a ton of it in the prequels. I'm sure it's like kind of teased with. I'm sure. I don't well, know. I mean, think about the Geonosians, even. Right. Like, right. they wouldn't really have any reason to, to hate the Jedi except for thinking that they are just agents of the Republic, and that's all they do is do the Republic's bidding, so yeah. we don't want to be part of the Republic because right. they abuse their power. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? I, ju- I just thought it was a, 
a cool a cool way to view it that you know they call themselves good or they call themselves bad mm-hmm. they're intruding when you when you boil it down so right yeah i thought mayfield's paragraph that he said or his speech <laughs> yeah. was <His> speech yeah <laughs> no i like that take too um now before we leave the episode i do have one question as far as just speculation goes do you expect any returning characters next week or do you think the crew that we have is the crew that we're going to get like do you, do you see Bo-Katan or do you see Ah- i think really the only two possible at this point are Bo-Katan and Ahsoka but I think because of mm-hmm. the announcement, uh, and we'll talk about that next, the announcement of the Ahsoka show, I, th- I think we're done with her for The Mandalorian currently. Hmm. So I, I'm thinking cut uh, cut Ahsoka off the list. So I think it's possible for Bo to somehow come back because she's still hunting that Darksaber. Maybe somehow yeah. she finds it. But outside of that, do y'all think we could see anybody else or maybe lose anybody? Like, is it possible to drop off Kara and her no longer be in it or what? Like, what are y'all thinking about it? Or is this crew stuck? You mean Kara die? No, no, no. I'm saying, like, they go back to (laughs) Navarro. They go back to Navarro and just drop her off and then proceed to the mission. Oh, no, she's... She's, She's committed. In on it. Okay. Yeah. So I am currently thinking that this is the crew. Like, I don't think they're picking up anybody. I think it's just those four. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Y'all don't think Bo But there or could else. be somebody else who happens to attack at the same time. Okay. I'm not sure. Sh- so you know? <laughs> Bo-Katan's clan. Maybe. Clan cries. Or maybe... Maybe maybe Grogu did reach out reach out to, to somebody. somebody. I, see, and I think that's a, I think it's a possibility for someone to show up at the very end, right. and that be the teaser for season three. Yeah, but again, <laughs> and we got seven days until we get our answer. Yeah, so I think that's going to wrap it one. up for <laughs> our breakdown of chapter fifteen, the Believer. But again. We still got more to talk about. We really appreciate you listening this far and having fun with us as we reviewed and recapped and speculated and broke down and did all the things that we typically do uh, with The Mandalorian. But while we're here... One more question, though. Okay, sure. Do we're we never going to get off this episode. I know, dude. I know. Jacob does this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> do y'all think we're going to get the showdown, the duel between Moff Gideon and Din yes. next episode? Yes. I think the spear, the Beskar spear is coming out. Yeah, they've been teasing that spear too much. Hmm. Through this season, I think it's okay. happening. And again, Esposito talked about how he needed to be in physical shape for the end of this season. So I, again, okay. I, I think we're throwing down. Do you think that the rescue will be successful at the end of the episode? I still think this might be a dark ending. It could, it still, could be. but I don't. Ne- that doesn't necessarily mean anybody Get dies. Get ready for it, folks. Get ready for it. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Okay. So we appreciate you listening to yeah, our we're, Mandalorian we're breakdown. <laughs> Again, we're not done though. We're going to continue to have some fun here That's uh, all the this week. I have about okay, Mando. I appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> it. So what I'm going to do here? So what we're going to do this last part? We're going to quickly, and we're going to try to do it quickly. Looking at you, Jacob. We're going to try to do this quick. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, dude. It doesn't bother me. I can always talk Star Wars. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to pull up the Lucasfilm, the StarWars.com announcement that I texted you guys out last night with all these different projects in it and we're just going to go down the list and hit them um and just share our excitement so again to tee this off yesterday last night disney investors day uh they had a live stream for everyone to watch the future of disney and inside that they revealed the future of star wars so 
I'm going from top to bottom in StarWars.com's uh, article that they released for their future. So this isn't a list that you've compiled of least to favorite? No, no, no. This forward? is just okay. top of the list to the bottom. Uh, first thing that they have featured in the article is Rogue Squadron. So Rogue Squadron is the next Star Wars feature film directed by Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins is the director for the Wonder Woman franchise. Uh, this story will introduce a new generation of starfighter pilots as they earn their wings and risk their lives in a boundary-pushing, high-speed thrill ride and move the saga into the future era of the galaxy. So super cool. Um, I really look forward to, and we've talked about it when we were getting ready for the show, I think this is going to be Star Wars Top Gun. Uh, I really look forward to that, uh, and the possibilities are really endless. Like, yeah, and I know there's Legends material of Rogue Squadron. Like, it's I'm pretty sure, and I'm not the best with Legends, so I might be missaying things. So, if one of y'all wants to fact check me, it's up to y'all. I don't care. Um, I'm pretty sure Luke had something to do with the creation of Rogue Squadron. Hmm. Uh, but again, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to see him in the movie. Right. Uh, I think, again, it's just a great opportunity to show uh, a Top Gun Star Wars. What are y'all's initial yeah. kind of thoughts on it, on Rogue Squadron, the film possibilities? I think so with Star Wars, like the some of the big things you think about are like lightsabers, obviously, and things like that. But the, you know, the space fights, like the space battles in ships is also a huge part. And I think with, I know we've expressed it some here at Mando Talk that, you know, tying into this Skywalker saga, maybe there may be another avenue to explore Star Wars without that. Yeah. And this might be the way okay. to do it. Fair enough. Jacob, yeah. any other thoughts? I've heard, uh, I've listened to uh, the director's... Um, yes. Teaser. Te- teaser? Teaser trailer, I guess we can call it. And... It sounds like she's got a lot of passion behind it, a lot yeah. of personal story, and a lot of, yeah, you know, just a great personal interest in making this an awesome right. story. So Patty Jenkins' so father... I think she'll do good. Yeah, Patty Jenkins' father served uh, in, for our country. Uh, she says how she used to watch her father's squadron take off in their F-4s every morning, uh, and that's really driving the passion behind this. So, if they can apply that, like, real life, like, again, Top Gun kind of feel to it, I, I think this has tremendous potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we leave it, zero from ten, rate your excitement for it. Initially, I'll say a seven. Okay. Just because it's a new idea. Right. Okay, But I think, I think they could hit it out of the park. Jacob. I guess I'll say the same. Okay. I'll go 7.3. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I'm I'm right there with you. I kind of agree with that take. Now, the next thing that they also announced, but they're not well, a, not as many details. Of... Jacob, again. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. Go so, for what it. time period is this going to be in? Again, it says they haven't a, really revealed that. You know, something like Future of the Galaxy. The story will introduce a new generation of starfighter pilots as they earn their wings and risk their lives in a boundary pushing high speed thrill ride and move the saga into the future era of the galaxy. I think it's yeah, just what future. Does that mean? I think it's just future of this like franchise. Hmm. Like a new take, a new story. I was wondering if it would be set like after The Rise of Skywalker. It could or be. It could be. Who that knows? That would be interesting. It would be interesting. Okay, so the next film that they talked about 
in the uh, Investor's Day, Taika Waititi's. And we've already talked about that. Like, that was a report that came out back in the summer, uh, and it was confirmed back then. Mm -hmm. So, again, they just kind of doubled down on that. And there's nothing kind of new about it, except that Kathleen Kennedy said Taika's approach to Star Wars will be fresh, unexpected, and unique. I think I can expect that from him. I mean, he's the one that did Thor Ragnarok. I kind of expect a different mm-hmm. take, honestly, with yeah. it. And if you watch the if you watch the stream, the Star Wars logo that they put up whenever they were showing his project was really interesting. I'll have to show you guys that after we get off air. Uh, it, it's an interesting take on just the Star Wars logo itself. Yeah. So I think they're definitely getting you mentally prepped for something different like just the words star wars logo it says star wars like the logo structure and everything's similar but like color scheme and like just vibe of it is different okay it's different now i don't really know how to like do y'all want to do the scale of zero to ten see let's just do it let's just do it with all of them and i know we don't have a lot to go with this one so i will say this though because the logo i'm just a sucker for logos I am actually like really excited and interested for Taika Waititi's interesting, unique take to steal Kathleen's word. I'm gonna go eight. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna go eight. Only because that idea of unique and again, this is not a hit on Rogue Squadrons whatsoever. Like I gave that seven point three. Mm-hmm. I could give it at eight, honestly. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, make it different. Um just the because Rogue Squadrons, you know, I kind of expect what to see with that. I know I'll get X Wings fighting Imperials, possibly. Who knows? I don't know. Again, timeline, we'll see. But just the unique idea makes me just really interested. So I'll give it an eight. Hmm. Okay. Jacob? Uh, four. Okay. BA? That's a really low <laughs> score right there. It's just because I don't know, know anything. anything about it. No, that's it. fair. And that just might be me being a fan of <laughs> Taika's Thor Ragnarok and the fact that his chapter 8 of The Mandalorian for season 1 was incredible. So, BA, I'll pass it to you. That was going to be my question before I made my ranking. Okay. Was what episode did he right. direct of The Mandalorian? Chapter 8, the finale. I'd say 7.5 or 8, okay. too. Because, okay. because, again, that unknowing... Right. Because we know so much about Star Wars, to have somebody that comes in and makes Kathleen Kennedy say, you know, this is going to be... Unique. Yeah. Different. I think there's a lot of potential there. Absolutely. Okay, next thing. We're getting into a series now. I uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, that's next on the list. Ten. <laughs> now, yeah, ten. Ten out of ten. hundred mm-hmm. percent. I can already go ahead and say that. 10 out of 10 for me for that score. Especially because you said uh, Hayden Christensen's coming back. Yes. So yeah. they announced Hayden Christensen yeah. last night was <laughs> going to be involved in the series. And that's always a rumor that's been around. But we finally got confirmation. Now, the one big takeaway that I had listening to the Investors Day stream, Kathleen Kennedy said that it's going to be a rematch for the centuries. So, hmm. or rematch for the century. So I'm thinking 100% they're going to battle at some point. And I know, Jacob, we've always kind of had a conversation how that doesn't line up with their yeah. conversation in A New Hope. But I will say this, um, and I don't remember who this was, and I apologize for that, but I saw somewhere, somebody that I follow on Twitter um, made a comment about how in an Empire Strikes Back, when Vader says... Obi-Wan used to think the same way as you did as far as like being able to turn him from the dark side. Mm-hmm. Somehow that could possibly play in to why they duel again. Hmm. 
Okay. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, what are your initial thoughts on the Kenobi and the fact that Hayden? I mean, guys, <laughs> Hayden Christensen is back as Anakin. I think yeah. that's that's a that's too big of a deal. We could have done an entire podcast <laughs> on that fact alone. Yeah. That Hayden Christensen is back as Anakin Skywalker. And you or al- Darth Vader, and you already know. Yeah. And you already know that there's going to be a sand joke. You just <laughs> already know. Oh, I hope. I hope. That would be super cool. That would be super cool. Scores? I, I love it. Okay. Um, 10, 10 out of 10. Yes, let's go. Um, <laughs> I love it. You know, um, I want to see Obi-Wan uh, back in action again. Yeah. I want to see Darth Vader again. Uh, it'll be awesome to see Hayden Christian Christensen back in that role again. Right. And, uh, man, I hope that they show uh, Darth Vader's power as a Dark Lord of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Like Rogue One styled at the um, end. Like, you know, like Rebels fighting against Ahsoka style. Like okay. Rogue One style, you know. Okay. Like all of no, those. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. But with, you know, full hatred against this this guy. Yeah. Um, who he probably blames a lot. True. Um, so I really, I really hope they nail it's, that. I hope it, <laughs> sorry, I know I keep talking to, uh, <laughs> you just watched it with me. Rebels, whenever mm-hmm. Ahsoka and Vader show down, mm-hmm. I hope it pulls at the heartstrings just as much, if not more, as yeah. Twilight of the Apprentice yeah. Rebels. B.A., your thoughts on Kenobi? They're going to bring back the Battle of the Heroes song, so if I could give it above a 10, I'd like to give it a 12. Okay. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. And I was just thinking, maybe maybe the reason why Darth Vader says, um, when I last saw you, I was but the apprentice, now I am the master. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's saying that because the last time that Obi-Wan and he fight is because he's an apprentice to Sidious and now by the time a new hope happens mm-hmm. he feels like he could become the you. master himself okay. no that's a fair take too and I've always you know we've always talked about how I'm kind of reluctant to see them fight again between those two movies because I felt there was an in- inconsistency yeah but maybe if that's the reason behind it mm-hmm. that would make sense I, I'm sure they'll probably clear it up I, I feel like those head of the show and again Deborah Chow yeah. is in charge of Kenobi I know yeah. Nolan loves Deborah Chow uh, I think those in charge of the show know that about that line in A New Hope and I, I'm sure they'll do something to make it connect next in line Ahsoka just Ahsoka that's the title of the series um, in charge of this Dave Filoni and John Favreau, same two people as the Mandalorian, and Rosario Dawson is returning um, yeah. as Ahsoka Tano. Now, we did receive a question from one of our listeners on Instagram about this one from fives underscore period underscore says, how hype are y'all for the Ahsoka show? So, for me personally, hmm. I'm probably right below Kenobi, Ahsoka falls. Uh only because Kenobi is just one of those classic characters, and Hayden Christensen again, like you can't beat it. Yeah. Uh, but Ahsoka, nine point seven out of ten for me. Like it's just right below Kenobi. So I am super hyped. Fives. I'm super hyped for uh, seeing Ahsoka and Rosario Dawson come back. And I'm assuming that this story, because again, something else that's really crucial here. Ahsoka 
the series is occurring at the exact same time as the Mandalorian. Hmm. So same time frame. Some same time frame. So huh. I'm a hundred percent expecting for Thrawn to be involved with the Ahsoka series and not necessarily involved with the Mandalorian yet. Right on. Now, while I'm here though, and I know y'all will get your takes here with Ahsoka, uh, but they also announced another show that's connected with the same timeline. And again, Favreau and Filoni are in charge of it. That is the Rangers of the New Republic. Same exact timeline as the Mandalorian. Now, in this statement, it says that both of these shows are going to intersect with future stories and culminate into a climatic story event. I think it's very possible for Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka and the Mandalorian to all three come together at some point, hmm. and maybe they'd produce like a one-time Disney Plus film, maybe, just to portray all those characters coming into one story. I don't. Again, the possibilities are endless, but the fact that those are the two people ahead of those shows. Uh, same thing as the Mandalorian, and it's all at the same time frame. Super intrigued. Super yeah. intrigued. Yeah. So, what are y'all's thoughts on those two shows? Uh, we'll go ahead and knock out Ahsoka and Rangers of the New Republic together. Um. Well, for me, Ahsoka mm-hmm. is ten out of ten. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I saw the logo for the show. And I just love the yeah. character, you know, based off of the logo, it looks to me like we're going to get possibly more Jedi background, more ancient right. Jedi background. Um, and I just love the character. So mm-hmm. for me, 10 out of 10 without question. Okay. And then what do you think about the Rangers of the New Republic? Um, I'll say maybe eight. Okay. That's fair. I think that one's honestly, I think that's going to somehow involve Kara. Oh, I'm hoping. Okay. Probably. I'm hoping somehow. That would be cool. That'd be cool to see her involved with uh, her now new role with the Republic. Mm-hmm. B.A., what think, are your thoughts on Do you think if, if that is her, like, sort of her show, do you think she'll have a lesser role in The Mandalorian? I know you said they'll culminate, so I'm sure we'll right. see glimpses of these characters. In, yeah, I'm sure they're all over. Everybody's story. I think they're going to all overlap. It's going to be almost like the MCU. Right. Like where it might, this, the show or the, film might say iron man but here comes steve rogers i was going to compare it to the jimmy timmy power hour but yeah <laughs> there you go you're on track <laughs> yeah so something like that so my take of when i said it might lead to like one big disney plus exclusive film that's probably honestly not the case it's probably just like a a, a marvel kind of thing where you'll see these characters pop up in the different shows mm-hmm. uh so ba finish up your thoughts though oh i mean I, i'll I, just go ahead and rank them okay rankings go Ahsoka, for it. probably a nine okay and just because I'm not as tied to the animated Clone Wars as you guys are, yeah. So that's a, a lot of Ahsoka's character building right, there, right? Uh, and then the other one, there's not a lot of information on it, right? Right. So we'll give it a seven. Okay. Uh, so I already gave my Ahsoka ranking, but for Rangers of the New Republic, I'll also give it that seven, only because we know that Favreau and Filoni are involved, so I know that I'm going to enjoy it. So that's why I'll give it that seven. Now the yeah. next one on the list, Lando. Um. Not a lot of information shared with this, other than it's a series for Disney Plus. Uh, just and I'll, I'll probably mess up his name. Justin Simeon, I think that's correct, is the creator. Um, I'm assuming Donald Glover is coming back as Lando, and I think they in I believe in the panel 
Kathleen talked about how it was just a kind of a short series, and I think that tends to be the case with all these character series like Kenobi, Lando, Andor. I think they're all kind of shorter. Maybe not the case with Ahsoka. I think they might actually spend more time with Ahsoka. I think they're realizing that mm-hmm. that character has a lot of potential with the fan base and with the community, so I think they're going to capitalize on that. But Lando, again, so. not much to say about that one because we don't know a lot about it. I'll probably, honestly, right now, just for anticipation, I'll give it a 5 out of 10, only because my I, I love Lando. Uh, I'm just not too invested with him right now. Like I'm more interested in all the other things in here um, over Lando a little bit. It's not necessarily last on this list, but just not anticipated for me as much as the others. Have we ruled out it being after the sequels? Oh, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Because we talk, Lando talks to Janna. Mm-hmm. Or Jana, I don't remember how you Just say how, like, it. I need to rewatch we, it. How about we go figure out? How about we something? figure out? Yeah. I think it's possible that maybe Billy D and uh, Donald Glover. I was both say are they in could it. have flashbacks and yeah. Now I I am kind of worried if like they haven't started shooting and unfortunately Billy D is getting pretty old. I am kind of worried about that aspect. If they are trying to get Billy D in there, I hope they're getting those things cranking. Like I hope they're moving the production along pretty quickly. But we'll see. What are y'all's rankings on Lando? Um, I'll give it like a five. Okay. Just like you. Same. I was going to give it like a six or seven. Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and again, once I hear more information and once I see a trailer and I hear Lando's iconic voice again, I'm sure I'll go through the roof and I'll be up at the eight and a half nine region. Yeah. Uh, but right now with just the information that we got, I'm kind of in the middle. Uh, I'll be excited for it whenever we get more. Now this next one, I'm a little bit more interested in that is Andor. Uh, Diego Luna is coming back as the rebel spy Cassian Andor. I think it's going to be super cool because in the sizzle reel, uh, the behind the scenes thing, we get like new or not new. Uh, we get Republic. Yeah. Republic, uh, star, star destroyer. Star destroyer. Uh, yeah. And it's on his its parents, side tilted up in the air. Right. I don't know what that's about. So current Canon Cassian Andor's parents were separatists. I hope we get like connections there somehow. Yeah. I'm just intrigued with the Cassian uh, character, although I won't say that it reaches like Rogue Squadron's level of anticipation. So I'll give it like a healthy six eight. You know. There you go. <laughs> All right, Jacob. What do you think about what did uh, I rank? Andor? Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. Don't I make don't me re- recall them. Honestly, huh. I'm just like rolling with it. I'm just going with my gut as I'm saying them. I'll give it a seven <laughs> or an eight. Okay. Um. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I love his character. Yeah. And like you said, it's he's intriguing, and it sounds like they're doing it good. Yeah. Uh, the concept art that's in that sizzle yeah. reel looks really interesting. Yeah. Ba. I was gonna give it like a a six. Okay. And, and it's funny that Rogue One is like one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Yeah. But he was not one of my favorite characters in that show. Okay. But I mean, more backstory on that would be. Yeah. It'll be cool. I, and I think we'll get heavy Rogue One vibes with it. And that's why I'm looking decently, or not decently, I'm looking forward to the show. I think it'll be very Rogue One vibed. And I think all of us loved Rogue One. Okay. The next one, The Acolyte. <sighs> Super pumped about this one. Leslie Headland, Emmy Award nominated creator, uh, is head of this show 
uh, The Acolyte. The Acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take the audience into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. Super intrigued. And let's talk about the logo, too. The logo has like a red light. It's there's not a lightsaber in it, but it's like a a lightsaber cut running through the acolyte letters. You need to show me this stuff when you see it. Well, do some research, <laughs> brother. <laughs> I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you. I'll try to get that pulled up. But first of all, if they are truly going behind the curtains and they're finally like showing a dark side story, yeah. and we're focused on those uh kind of characters, yeah. This honestly could possibly become my all-time favorite thing because that's one thing I've always huh. wanted. I've <laughs> always wanted to pull that back and see the dark side, and I'm showing Jacob the logo for it that they showed during the panel. Oh, I'll, I'll echo that while you're while you're showing him. Yeah. Is, and we got to see a little bit of it in this episode of The Mandalorian, tying it back in, where they're sitting down and just having this conversation with a, a moth. As mm-hmm. you know, they're in disguise at this point still. Right. And you just get to see that veil pulled back of right. them just being okay with it, them celebrating that they're about to, you know, carry and, out another Operation Cinder. And imagine how epic that would be. So, not necessarily just bad guy or Imperial, but imagine how epic that would be if we did it with a Sith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, come on now. Feed it to me. What if it's Sidious it <laughs> and Maul? What if they're in there? Um, or Sidious and uh, Plagueis. I don't know. It depends on, like, because it says in the final days of the High Republic. Yeah. So, Would I don't that, know. I don't know. Is the, isn't the Republic that we see in Episode 1, isn't that the High Republic? Well, I th- see, I was assuming that the High Republic is that new canon material that they're releasing. Yeah. Well, it all depends on how long does that period last. I think it'll yeah. be probably roughly, if I had to currently guess, and I think it actually might be out there. I'm totally dropping the ball with this. I, I'm just too excited for it to even care, honestly, <laughs> right now. Uh, I think it's I think it's like 100 years before Episode 1, hmm. if I had to guess. Like the peak of the High Republic? Because see, what if it takes 100 years and it starts declining? Okay, so I got it right here. Uh, it says the golden age of the Jedi, roughly 200 years before G- George Lucas's prequel trilogy. Yeah. Okay. So you you so were right. So what if you were right. over the course of 200 years the High Republic starts declining into what we start seeing right. in Episode Agreed. One? So I think maybe they'll dive into that with this show, with that series, <laughs> mystery thriller. I'll go ahead and say it. Ten out of ten for me, and I yeah. don't even know that much about it. I like this is one here. of those that we're not given a lot of info, but just the logo itself and the idea. Ten out of ten for me. Ba. Ten out of ten. That's okay. another unique, you know, something that we haven't really seen that much of. Yeah, it's going to be brought back to Agreed. life. Do you think that they're going to play on that sort of dark side, like how they, how they did Kylo Ren, where he's having a struggle? Or do you think it's going to be just these guys are bad and they're always bad? I think it's bad. these guys are bad and okay. they're not changing. Okay. Hope That's what I hope. Yeah, that'd be cool to see. Um, Yeah, a lot of potential, a lot of potential. Next thing on the list is Star Wars The Bad Batch, uh, and they did actually release a trailer for this. And I'll be honest, for me personally, it kind of just looks like season eight of The Clone Wars, like let's go, let's keep doing Clone yeah. Wars stuff. Uh, <laughs> we do get Finnick, Shand, pretty 100 percent sure on uh-huh. that inside the trailer so that'll be interesting to see her uh, origins inside the bad batch we also get tarkin 
Yeah. Uh, what and was that about? <laughs> also in the trailer, we see Palpatine's like first Galactic Empire speech. Yeah. That was in Episode Three. So that's already making me think. Like, does the Bad Batch participate in Order Sixty Six? Like, do they see it? Because I know they don't have chips, but do they participate it? Participate in it somehow or some way, or do they just see it from afar? Yeah. Or I, I might have misspoken there. I'm pretty sure they don't have their chips because they're there was something wrong with them, and that's why they set them to they casted them out. I'm not sure, but I'm not, and I know we talked about it in our Clone Wars reviews. Yeah, we but did. But for some reason, <laughs> I, I can't re- recall right now. But regardless, I think we're gonna see Order sixty six happen again somehow, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly. So that's always exciting for me. Um, and it's interesting because you still see so much war, right? Right when the Empire is declared, yes, and there's supposed to be a new peace. Right, and I'm honestly, I honestly don't know how to give this one a ranking. I would just put it right there in the fifty-fifty category right now. Let's go five out of ten, personally. Yeah. Um, only because some, sometimes the animated shows are hit or miss. Obviously, Clone Wars hits hard, like they land it with that. Yeah. Uh, Rebels, same thing. But their most recent one, Resistance, was kind of kind of flopped honestly i think it was more so geared for kids but i think from that teaser that we saw i think this is definitely geared for clone wars audience Mm -hmm. so that makes me excited but i will just kind of sit there right at 50 50 right now let's go five out of ten personally only obviously live action gets me going more uh but i'm still excited for it i'll give it a seven out of ten okay i was gonna say five out of ten and i think we'll get to figure out more and I was going to say it at the top but I want to wait until we talked about it Okay. about Fennec Shan we might get to see how she's on that ISB registry from this show I like that that's it yeah I think that's a very good possibility they just sort of gloss over the fact that she's like oh I'm on there I can't do it and they're like okay no I think that's a very good possibility that was again your analysis is on point tonight man (laughs) what can I say (laughs) okay next is a droid story now honestly this one I don't know a whole lot about so i'm gonna read this it says a droid story is an epic journey that will introduce us to a new hero guided by legendary duo r2d2 and c3po okay the intersection of animation and visual effects so it's going to be animated uh so again for me personally yeah r2d2 and 3po are there but obviously live action is my thing. It'll be something cool to see. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's probably something offered for... And again, I'll go ahead and make this comment. They're doing a great job as far as offering different things for different audience members. Yeah. Everybody's getting something that they like. Probably for me, a droid story is the lowest on the list as far as anticip- anticipation goes for me uh, from everything that we've talked about so far. So I'll give it a 4 out of 10 only because that'll be my lowest number for sure. Um, But again, like a 4 out of 10 for me is uh, I'm still pretty excited about it anytime Mm -hmm. it says Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm one of the ones that watched that new uh, kids game show that they put on YouTube. So, yeah, I I mean, it doesn't matter. 4 out of 10 is really good for me. Right. You're still going to watch it is what you're, yeah. Yes, and I'm still going to be excited about Mm -hmm. it. What do y'all think about it? Same here. Okay. 4 out of 10. Okay. I'd say three out of ten, but hundred percent it's going to be geared toward kids. Can you imagine R two D two, C three PO, and a bunch of Jawas running around in animation? It's one hundred percent going to be 
directed at okay. kids. Okay, <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. You're, that's you're probably correct. Okay, the last one, Star Wars Visions, and I actually want Jacob to talk more about this one because <laughs> uh, it's going to be anime styled. Yeah. Uh, it says the anthology collection will bring ten fantastic visions from several of the leading Japanese anime studios, offering a fresh and diverse cultural perspective to Star Wars. Jacob, do you just kind of want to bounce off of that, and I'll let you just kind of take the floor with this right one. Right on. Well, I do love anime, um, and I am stoked for this. I give it a 10 out of 10. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Because, see, what you can do with anime is you can explore uh, different effects than you can in, you know, live action. Yeah. And you can explore different themes. You can go deeper into what the force is and why there are light and dark sides. Right. And that's kind of like what I envisioned them doing uh, when I heard about that, that you could see more about the Jedi and the Sith in a way that we haven't seen before. And I think that's going to be very unique. And, you know, it's anime in itself is just like a very artistic, very... It's like a, a brand of film all its own because yeah. compared to live action, you know, anime is like done by the hand originally, you mm-hmm. know. Not anymore. It's all digital for the most part. But like back 30 years ago, backgrounds were done, painted by hand. And yeah, so I'm stoked for okay. it. Okay, that's um, yeah, I just I really want them to show to explore more about the Force and the Jedi mm. and the Sith, and it'll be so. I you have you ever seen the original Clone Wars series? Yes, I have. Something like that. Yeah. That's what I imagine them okay. doing. Okay. And there, I don't know if you've watched all of it. Have you? Uh, not every single episode, okay. but I've seen some. Well, you know how there's so many more themes that they explore in that show right yeah how there's more jedi and sith themes that they explore in that show and that's why that show is so awesome another thing is that the awesome factor in anime is like there's no limit to it almost because you know compared to live action you can do almost whatever you want and i've listened to a video once that talked about the awesome factor in star wars that's why we love the Mandalorian because it pushes the limit of the awesome factor for us because it it's not following the set rules that we already have. Mm-hmm. It's doing its own thing and it can go wherever it wants, right? Okay. And Mando can be made as awesome as the story allows and we love that. Mm-hmm. So that's what you can do in anime and... That's why I'm really looking forward okay. to this. No, that's fair. Now, I, I might upset you with my score, uh, only because, and again, they're doing a great job offering for everybody. Yeah. Uh, anime for me has never been something that like I've dived into. I do want to, uh, but it's you not should. something that I have <laughs> done. So honestly, right now, like I'm not too pumped about it, only because it's just not something that I fully dived into. Yeah. But I, I'm sure that if I was to look at it, and actually focus in on it, I would enjoy it. And again, I do have that plan one day. What did I give Bad Batch? Five out of ten? Yes. Okay. So I'll give Visions 4.8 out of ten. 
Mm. Only because I'm still more excited about Bad Batch because Clone Wars, it it reminds me of that. So I'm going to put it just under that. So higher than a droid story? Yes. Again, droid story was my lowest. But again, four is like probably someone else's, I don't know, eight. I don't know. I'm all. I'm excited for all of these. I'm yeah. just trying to put numbers to them. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, BA? I'd rank mine probably the same as a droid story. So what did I give it? Three. I think that's what I gave. Yeah. It. Yeah. I don't know. We're just <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just, just spouting off numbers. I think we're, we're excited for numbers. a lot of these. But to be honest, probably a lot of them for me are in the seven range, and a lot of them for me then in the ten range. Yeah. <laughs> like I tried to be like I don't know critical, I guess. But to be fair. 10 out of 10 for me with everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's Star Wars. Like, yeah. And again, Disney did it, and that finishes the list. So I'll go ahead and just do my conclusion here. Um, Disney did an c- incredible job with developing things that, again, please everyone. If you don't like this, you'll like this, and so on. Yeah. Like, it, it's a really great opportunity for f- fans to continue watching things that they've always loved with these other shows, like I'm assuming Rogue Squadrons will be very, like, almost original trilogy, like, pleasing, almost. For me, personally, that's what I'm thinking, just because I'm thinking, like, Top Gun vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, while, like you said, Visions and uh, maybe even The Acolyte, all those are different things. Like, we've never seen things like that before. Uh, and I'm sure that's going to bring in new new fans, and that's always great. The fact... Anytime we get new fans, that means Star Wars continues to live on. Yep. And as long as Disney keeps that mindset, um, I'll be happy. Uh, as long as you're giving things to please every crowd, you're doing something right. Because that's what Disney Plus gives an opportunity for. It's not like the same thing like it was with the Skywalker saga where you only have this one film and it's either that or nothing else. Like It's either you love it or you hate it. But with Disney Plus, it gives you the yeah. avenue to explore other kind of things. Uh, for people to love either some of it or all of it, which mm-hmm. I'll probably fall into the all of it category. <laughs> um, we yeah. really appreciate you listening this week. Again, uh, we appreciate you if you're still here with us as we're talking about uh, the future of Star Wars. We hope that you enjoyed our breakdown of The Mandalorian. We hope that you enjoyed us uh, fake ranking all of those new uh, shows and films coming out. Again, I can speak for myself. I'm 10 out of 10 with everything, to be honest, but I was just trying to be, you know, official here with those rankings. <laughs> so, honestly, I don't even remember them. I didn't have them written down. Just having fun. Just having a conversation. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you're most excited for with the future of Star Wars. Um, and we'd really appreciate to get in to interact with you. Make sure you follow Mando Talk. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Mando Talk on all three of those platforms. We'd really appreciate that. And, again, we're having a lot of fun having a positive uh, community with all of the people that do follow us. So make sure you check us out there. Uh, and we really appreciate it. Jacob, I really appreciate you being here, as always, yeah. offering your um, incredible breakdowns with me. <laughs> Asking questions. Asking a bunch of questions. <laughs> as I'm trying to transition to the next topic, there's Jacob with, oh, well, hold on, I got one more thing <laughs> to say. Wait a <laughs> I appreciate it, though. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. First of all, too, these two guys both celebrated happy birthday, so let's give them some love as well. Jacob's, I think, was Wednesday, (laughs) and B.A.'s was Tuesday. Am I saying that right? I don't know. This has been a long week. It has. It's been a long week. B.A. And happy birthday to you. (laughs) Thanks, brother. (laughs) B.A., thanks for being here this week. I really appreciate it. As always. Um, How does it feel one more year? (laughs) 
I feel old, I'll be honest with you. Uh, well, I'm 27, so you can't be oh, that man. much more. You can't be that much. <laughs> you're an old fart. You're an old <laughs> fart. No, I'm sure people listening are like 27. You're not old whatsoever. Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, I was about to say, I can't complain. <laughs> no, we can't complain. Yeah. We can't complain. We hope you can't complain listening to Mando Talk. We hope that you had fun this week listening to us. Um, check us out next week. We provide weekly content. Last week is the next week of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, it'll be the finale. It. Uh, it, it, goes by, it goes by super fast. Uh, but we're going to be here covering it. So mm-hmm. we hope to see you next week. We really appreciate it. And as always, we have spoken.